This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. What do Tina Fey, Stephen Colbert, and Harold Ramis have in common? Well, besides some roots in Chicago, those three and many others learned the craft of improvised comedy from Del Close. He was known for his early innovations in improv, his time in the popular comedy group The Committee, and for co-founding Improv Olympic, or I.O. Close died in 1999, and today would have been his 88th birthday. So what better time to discuss his legacy and influence on Chicago's improv scene? Well, joining us now is his close friend and co-founder of I.O., Charna Halpern. Hi, Charna. Welcome to Reset. Thank you. Well, thank you for uh, celebrating Dell on his birthday. Absolutely. Also here is Susan Messing, a former student of Dell's, founding member of the Annoyance Theater and an improv teacher herself. Hi, Susan. Welcome. Thank you. Hi, Sharna. <laughs> Hi, Susan. I'll start with you, Sharna. You and Dell were quite close. So can you talk about your relationship? What drew you together? Well, you know, I used to run Improv Olympic like 40 years ago, which was just games, kind of like what you see on Whose Line Is It Anyway, short form games. And after a while, I thought there's got to be something more for improvisation. And I had heard of Dell. He was a big director at Second City, and I sought him out and um, talked about the fact that I thought there's something more. And he said, well, hey, maybe you're not a twit after all, because he hated short form games. And he wanted to experiment with long form, too, but Second City wouldn't allow it. And he thought, well, there's somebody who wants to do what I want to do and change the face of improvisational comedy. Ah. And we became partners. That's pretty cool. What about you, Susan? What's your first impression of Del Close when you met him? I I think like all students, um, you are intimidated by him. He has a big presence with a huge booming voice, and he didn't suffer fools gladly. So you walked into his class like you might consider walking into knowing that there's quicksand. Um, he was he was intimidating. He was very intimidating in the beginning. Yeah. Well, Charna, let's go back to what you just mentioned. You, you founded IO with Dell in the 80s. Talk about mm-hmm. those early days of theater. What was it like? Well, it, it, you know, there wasn't much going on if you weren't one of the six people on the main stage at Second City. So we had to convince people that improvisation was truly an art form and not just a tool to create long-form improvisation, excuse me, to create Second City shows. And so that's where we invented long-form and the main ideas of saying yes to each other and building on each other's ideas and playing off the top of your intelligence and treating each other as if you're geniuses, poets, and artists. I mean, these things weren't... uh, things that we had thought about. I, I had studied in other places like Players Workshop and no one told me that. No one told me to give gifts to each other and information so we can build off each other. So these were, you know, he kind of like showed us the meaning of life and gave us the secrets of the universe, you know, in our classes. Although, as Susan said, he was scary. He was also, you know, invigorating and because we were doing things and he was like, why are you acting like children? Like on the top of your intelligence. You know, and so while he was scary, he was, you know, people say he was mad, but I say he was right. (laughs) He was misunderstood. (laughs) Um, Yeah, right. Susan, you've devoted much of your career to teaching improv as well. So go over some of the basics with us, will you? Sure. Uh, Well, when someone. Susan, you there? time. If someone says we're in Spain and then somebody says, no, we're not, we're in Antarctica, you're going to have a lot of back and support that. But we build on everybody else's ideas so that 
an idea, if you come out with an idea, you might discover something else. And that's what's so exciting about being an integral part of a whole. IO is all about the teamwork and work, you know, working together with disparate people who you might not have even looked at on the street. But all of a sudden we assume trust. And, and as uh, Sharna had said, we treat each other like artists and heroes so that everybody's idea is valid. And what you end up with is something that's beautiful and technicolor that you probably couldn't do on your own. Yeah. Well, when veteran improvisers think of Dell, they think of the specific style of long, long form improv that he taught, which was called the Herald. Um, we've got some audio from a 1986 public access show about Dell. Let's listen to him explain the Herald. We send about between five and 11 people on stage. We get one suggestion from the audience. And then we play some sort of improvisational game where we take this single suggestion like God or laundry or cardboard. And we're not going to do a long improvisation about God or cardboard. We're going to use this suggestion to be inspired. Susan, do you teach new improvisers the Herald? Um, I'm not exactly that into form. Um, I kind of believe it's just a house where these people live. Uh, So it depends how fancy you want to make it. But I was trained in the Herald. That was the first long form that I was ever taught. Mm -hmm. And it was so pretty and succinct. And it felt like there was magic at the end when it all kind of wrapped up well together. And that's when we used to call it seeing Harold because um, it, it didn't happen all the time. Yeah. But, well, but it was certainly like it was it, it was it was novel because it was almost like that old Reese's peanut butter commercial where like you put your chocolate in my peanut butter, you put your peanut butter in my chocolate. I feel like when Dell and Sharna got together that they were able to take these little short form games and then throw them into a time dash and then you just created this beautiful world where you just didn't know how it would end up. Mm-hmm. But it's true, that tiny synapse of a suggestion, the suggestion is only the beginning. And and you ended up doing things that felt like poetry, but at the same time were funny. It was very bizarre. <laughs> well, you know, trying to picking up where, where Susan left off. I, I'm sorry, can I interrupt? Also, the main idea was um, about a whole group, you know, the old, saying two heads are better than one. Well, what do you see what like six or seven people can do? And it it was the most responsible acting job you ever had because you are all on stage. No one's backstage smoking a cigarette while two people are on stage like in Second City. You're all on stage. You are all responsible for everything. You're the improviser. You're the editor. You're the director. You're the scenery. You know, whatever is needed, you are all doing it together. And so it, it all just meshes together and becomes this beautiful thing where scenes connect and, you know, it becomes something similar to a play. Yeah. And anything that was created in improvisation, it's like a metagame that ate short form, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, well, China, it, the improv scene here looks a lot different now than it used to, partially because mm-hmm. of the pandemic. So is there a gap while, the, while IO hasn't been doing classes and shows? Yeah, well, I always been closed. Um, I had to sell it because the during the pandemic, I was just losing every penny I saved over the forty years. So, mm. um, someone did purchase it. Someone did buy the the brand and the building, and is hoping to reopen it. And I hope he does. And I'll be helping as, as much as I can. But yeah, there is a gap because there was so much opportunity for stage time, which is so necessary to get good. And now there's just like the annoyance in Second City, but Second City isn't really taking people to play every night. You know, in, in I.O., there were four theaters. 
before playing at 8 o'clock, before playing at 10.30. So hundreds and hundreds of people were getting, you know, wet behind the ears and getting good. So it is a gap, and I hope it comes back because it's it's tough. There's not a lot of places to play. I, I feel like when the forest kind of burns down, um, new sprouts emerge. And um, it's exciting to see what will happen and how people will go back to what they're comfortable with, but also challenge themselves for um, a new world. Yeah. And so I'm, I, as, as devastating as it initially was, I'm excited to see what the future of improv is going to be. Um, and, and you get to sit down and be a part of it. That's, that's what's exciting about improv as well, is that you find a function in it and, um, and, and it serves you. And it also serves the group at large. So you can do things on your own and you can do things with other people. And it's, it's an exciting process, I think. Right now is a very weird, odd time that I look forward to. Yeah, well, let's listen to another clip here. I've got Adam McKay, who's a former student of Dell's and uh, writer of Step Brothers, The Big Short, and Don't Look Up. Uh, he's talking about Dell on the podcast Improv Nerd. When someone's a jerk and yelling and they're wrong, forget it. You're out of the room. You leave, right? Mm -hmm. But he was right. And he would say these things, these rules, and he would talk about scenes, and then we would do them, and they would work. So you touched on it earlier, Susan, that, you know, Dell sort of had uh, this rough around the edges um, uh, characteristic about him. Can you talk a bit more about his comedic insight, you know, despite those rough edges? Because it seems like everyone agrees he was a genius oh, still. Absolutely. I mean, I almost didn't want to say much when I was with him alone, because if I discussed an author, he, you know, went out and partied with him in the 70s and has a first edition of his work, you know, and he was signed. Yeah. So, so I, was almost, I was almost intimidated to say something, but I think I appreciated most about Dell is that he said, think smarter, think smarter. Like you are the kind of, you know, maybe that you, when you go for an easy laugh or you're not thoughtful, that you don't take the first choice or the second choice, you might actually take a richer, deeper choice if you just took a pause and were more thoughtful about it all. Um, so Dell, when even though he was harsh in class and a note from Dell made you want the floor to open up and swallow you, um, it always made you a better person. I think later on when I started teaching, sometimes my students would complain and say, well, you know, Dell only let me on stage twice the entire day. And I said, well, you know what? Listen to him talk about Iranian TV for 20 minutes, and it's fascinating. This guy is a living legend. Yeah. So I would always kind of reframe that as in how fortunate you are to get this time with this human being who is willing to give you a bit of their intelligence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because, yeah, because he, he didn't suffer fools gladly, but he also you know, when he tacitly sort of approved of what I was doing, mm -hmm. it made my world. So, well, Charna, in this last 30 seconds or so that we have, any final words from you in, in remembrance of your old friend? Oh, uh, well, I'll tell you, for me, life was a lot more fun when he was around because it was never a dull moment. It was always hilarious. He, I felt like he was dropped off from another planet and, uh, you know, I had to get his skull prepared and do all these things. He wanted to leave his skull to the Goodman. So he, uh, he, it was, there was never a dull moment for me, and I'll, I'll miss him always. That was Trana Halper, and she's co-founder of the I.O. and close friend of Dell Close. Also, Susan Messing, a former student of Dell's and a local teacher of improv comedy. Thank you both. Great memories. 
Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.